This is the multi-voice text-to-speech podfic reading of Rough Seas and Hard Sails by Heart of Spells. You're actually going. Remus huffs and rolls his eyes, closing his laptop on the table with a sharp snap. Yes, James. I'm going. I've been chasing after this for two months. I'm not backing out now. He says almost scoldingly, as though he would ever consider not getting exactly what he wants. James should know that better than anyone by this point. James eyes him over the edges of his teacup, lifted and remaining perfectly positioned in front of his mouth, a purposeful thing. He says nothing as he stares across the room at him, and Remus grumbles internally, squashing down his frustration. What? He bites out. Stop looking at me like that. I pitched this idea months ago to my editor and she keeps chomping after it. This is my chance to give her something so she'll calm down for a while. Show how the other of the other half lives their lives at the top, the destruction they cause with frilly, needless things. The other of the other half, repeats James consideringly. That's good. Use that. You know I don't mean you. Oh, I know. Hence the second other, returns James, still eyeing him speculatively. He's just going to try to get in your pants. Why else would he invite you on that monstrosity of a thing? Remus busies himself with wrapping up his charging cable, purposefully not looking at James, who he can see gaping from the corner of his eye. Remus! What? exclaims Remus, turning on him. It wouldn't be the worst thing, would it? He's fit. Should see him. You can't stand him. All you do is complain any time you have an encounter with him. Remus shrugs one shoulder. There's plenty of people I don't care for when it comes to their personalities. He concedes, returning to his laptop, gathering his things. Doesn't mean they don't make for decent shags. James sputters, but Remus ignores him. You're a slag, of the highest order, he accuses with faint amusement. If the shoe fits and it's pretty enough, mutters Remus, pulling a snort from his friend as James turns to dump his cold tea down the basin. I just need that entitled prick Sirius Black to show off his boat. Ply him with some drink, get his tongue loosened. Get him to spill some of those rich boy tales of his. Then I'm finished. James pauses, cup clattering a little against the side of the basin as it slips a small amount in his grip before he manages to catch it. His head turns marginally, just enough to see Remus from the corner of his eye, tilted slightly. Sorry, but did you say Sirius Black? He asks, voice peculiarly calm and tamed. Remus can't restrain his brows from lifting on his forehead. I did, says Remus slowly, probing. Fairly certain I've mentioned him by name before. Do you know him? Only by last name. And Black. Well, that can be common, can't it? Muses James, turning away from Remus again so his face can't be seen. Remus's eyes narrow. I've run into him a few times. Sometimes he's in the same circles. He's made an appearance at a dinner or two. Remus steps forward, homing in on his friend's back, the other man's shoulders twitching faintly. Know anything about him? No, answers James quickly. Too quickly. Remus's eyes drop to slits. James. What? He's like you said. Rich. Entitled. More money than he knows what to do with and throws it around when he wants. Defends James, rounding on him then, flapping his hands at Remus. Go, 
Go to your boat thing. Leave my kitchen. James. Out. Don't let Lily find out what you're doing, for the sake of humanity and both our barlocks. Sirius Black is a rich trust fund baby who'd taken over his family finances after his younger brother had run off to mysterious places unknown, and both his parents had died. Beyond that, not much else is publicly known about the man, at least that Remus had been able to unearth. He appears in the society pages periodically, and there's been plenty of media coverage about him and his life, but it's all speculation, nothing ever concrete and positive proof of what he engages himself in when not within the public eye. Remus has had three separate encounters with him, the first two brief and nerve-prickling, the last longer, spanning a good half hour, along with a few hit or miss phone calls, trying to seal an interview. Black is suave, charming, an easy air about him that seems to immediately pull people to him like a siren call at sea, but not Remus. He's been intertwined with people like this for most of his life in one way or another, watching how they move and work over the lower classes of society. Mostly it's due to James, the man being his best friend since they were young children, the Potters wanting James to have a normal upbringing and sending him not to some prestigious school that cost a large fortune to attend, but the one Remus and his poverty-ridden family had attended as well. James had always pulled Remus along to functions with him, his parents more than happy to allow it to give James a distraction from the boring adult speak surrounding them, Monty and Effie loving Remus just as much as they did James. The conversations and forays Remus had thus far experienced with Black had been challenging for him. The man is haughty, filled with some deeply ingrained sense of self-worth Remus isn't sure he deserves to feel. It's clear he's never worked a true day in his life, hands soft like a newborn infant's skin, everything from his clothing to his hair always styled to perfection, nothing out of place unless he wishes it to be. Remus thinks if the man were to experience a hangnail, he'd likely throw himself from the nearest tall building to make his suffering end. But amongst these observations while Remus had spun small tales and tiny white lies to gain what he wanted, there had been flirting. Subtle at first, for the initial five minutes, and then not nearly so much. Gray eyes tracked his movements when Remus shifted, as he wrote over a small, pocket-sized notebook with a scuffed biro. Pink tongue peeked out and slid over parted lips spreading into that serious black grin that women gushed over on every available street corner when the red tops were released. Remus ignored it as best he could. Black's proclivities weren't widespread and well-known, but Remus had thought he wasn't doing all that much to hide them away. Remus squints through the sea mist that rains back on him as the small dinghy powers its way toward the larger vessel closing in on them, the outboard motor churning loudly through the water. It's an impressive thing, the yacht gleaming white with black stripes down the sides, the slowly sinking sun painting it almost golden as it reflects off the ocean's surface. He can just make out the name emblazoned on the back, and above it, much smaller but standing proud, waiting, is Sirius Black, watching as they approach. He doesn't move as the man controlling the dinghy levels them up with the stern of the boat, Black standing at the base of a set of polished wooden stairs, staring down at them. As Remus moves to climb from the dinghy, Black bends at his waist, offering a hand and a boost up, but Remus only tosses him a reproachful look as he hauls himself up. Black lifts his hand into the air, holding it there, providing Remus with a raised eyebrow, 
one corner of his mouth quirking up roguishly. Anyone else wouldn't paint such an imposing, intimidating figure in artfully ripped jeans and a plain gray shirt that settles perfectly over broad shoulders, the sides of the fabric looking impeccably tailored as they curve around the lines of his abdomen. But this isn't anyone else. Remus has the feeling Sirius Black is used to towering over most others no matter what he does. Give me a ring when you're ready for land again, calls the man from the dinghy below them. Black only nods in response, not looking away from Remus, gray eyes drifting a little. The man buzzes away from them, streaking back across the sparkling water, sending rip currents scattering in his wake as he distances himself from the larger vessel. Remus refrains from shifting awkwardly as the sound fades and then dies away, leaving them in silence, Black still staring at him. Couldn't have moored this thing up somewhere near the marina, questions Remus, hint of bite in his voice as he breaks the eye contact and swipes the salt water from the skin of his arms. Black finally glances away, shifting his eyes around them, arms spreading outwards a little. Wouldn't fit, would it? Have you seen the size of this thing? The draft isn't deep enough for it, comes his easy, almost mocking response. Remus huffs, looking out over the water before his gaze shifts back. And the name, Wendy. Wendy, confirms Black, eyes locking back on Remus. Not Wendy with an R. No, with an E, Wendy. A bemused frown pulls at Remus's expression. All right, why Wendy? Black shrugs one shoulder, looking away again, gray eyes drifting down to where the name is etched below them. It was either or Steve and I didn't relish the thought of having to explain to every man I brought back here why I'd named my boat after another bloke, is his simple reply. But Wendy, a woman's name, is infinitely easier, demands Remus in frustration, mouth gaping slightly before he manages to control it. Black looks vaguely confused as he says, Yes. Then he shrugs again, his body seeming to relax, shoulders slouching with almost practiced ease. Sides, ships are meant to be girls, aren't they? That part makes sense. Not the boats or girls thing, but the name bit. Remus shakes his head a little, trying to clear the chaos away that had formed so suddenly. Right, he mutters. Black hums, his eyes back on Remus again. Suppose you're wanting to get started then, he comments, his gaze shifting slowly, causing Remus's skin to prickle. Drink first. Remus rolls his own eyes skywards, inhaling a deep breath but he motions towards the wooden steps beside them in allowance. Black nearly beams at him, a radiant thing, rivaling the sun half-settled behind the horizon now. He turns on his heel, climbing the stairs two at a time, not waiting to see if Remus is following behind, like he knows. He probably does, or so Remus muses to himself, because honestly, where else is he meant to go? He's beginning to think this hadn't been the best idea. He trails after Black taking in the upper level of the stern's deck as he crests the steps. The sides are lined with rows of comfortable-looking bench-styled chairs, padded in a deep crimson fabric. There's a large hot tub to the side, gleaming black, water bubbling invitingly, but Remus ignores it, trotting a little to catch up to the other man who's already entered the interior of the yacht. Remus takes in his surroundings as he steps through the wide and open glass doors. Even with all his years interacting with the Potter family and their acquaintances, he's never seen anything like this. It's like a mansion on the water. 
The walls are mostly made up of dark, rich wood, shining and polished just like the stairs and deck outside. There are several bright white chairs and sofas spread about the large space artfully. Black tables, a long black chaise, and other dark fixtures accentuating the design. On the opposite side of the room, in the corner, is a sprawling curved bar, dark wood matching that of the walls, which is where he locates black once again. The man stands behind it, black hair hanging freely around his face as he tilts his head, pouring out two drinks from unidentifiable, expensive-looking bottles. When he stows them away again, he looks up, his lips quirking upwards when he sees Remus watching him. Drink, he says obviously, holding up a glass tumbler between his fingers, elbow propped on the wood of the bar, eyes dancing as he stares across the space at Remus invitingly. Remus tries to ignore that gray gaze still studying him without restraint as he steps forward and takes the glass from Black's hand, tips of fingers brushing briefly before Remus quickly pulls back. Black smirks at him knowingly. He straightens from his nonchalant lean over the bar and lifts his own tumbler to his lips, tossing his head back and downing it in one go. Remus tries to look anywhere but at his bobbing, elongated throat. Black refills his glass, not seeming in any hurry to move or continue with the reason Remus is there to begin with, and Remus attempts to hide his growing irritation by taking a small sip from his own glass, the liquid burning as it travels down and settles in his stomach. To give himself something to do other than watching the other man, the way his long fingers curve around the clear, finely etched glass or the neck of an expensive bottle, Remus moves away from the bar, staring around the room with sweeping eyes hoping to maybe redirect the other's attention. What's the year on this? He questions, pulling out his phone to pretend to take notes. 86. Responds Black quickly, and Remus's eyebrows lift in surprise. So, everything is new then? It is. The whole vessel is redone and improved. Took a while, but it's better for it. Crew? Not yet. Don't really need one. Remus turns to face him then, brow furrowing. You can't possibly contain a vessel this massive in size without a hired crew. He scoffs in disbelief. I can, attests Black. I don't need one for what I use this thing for. They're an unnecessary expenditure. Remus's mouth pulls into a thin line, his gaze shifting away. Yes, because why employ someone who could use the job and money when you can hang on to all your massive wealth with an iron grip, Black? He levels at him. Firstly, says Black, his voice crisp, a slight edge to his words. I'm not hanging to anything. It would be a waste of their time. I hardly use the thing. It's pointless for them, not me, though I'd happily pay anyone to remain on payroll if it came down to it. He rounds from behind the bar then, drink abandoned on its surface. And secondly, that's not how this is going to work. What? Remus fires at him feeling his nerves twitch again as they blaze with indignation. The name thing, explains Black calmly, crossing his arms over his chest and resting his hip against the back of one of the nearby sofas. It's Remus, isn't it? Remus scowls at him. It is, yes, but what does that matter? Serious, interjects Black, not allowing Remus to finish. That's how this is going to go. You don't call me Black and I don't call you Lupin. You can't possibly know this, but I despise my last name. I prefer to avoid it when possible. And this is entirely possible. Only if I agree, counters Remus. 
Are you not going to? Asks Black, tone light, probing, head tilting to the side again as his eyes narrow curiously. What reason do you have not to? Remus opens his mouth to respond immediately, filling himself with all manner of scathing retorts, but Black doesn't let him speak. Exactly. None of that matters or really means anything. So, Remus. He motions to Remus with his hands before pulling them inwards, resting them over his own chest. Serious. Isn't that simple? I'm not sure what you've got in your head this is meant to be, Black, but... Ah, says Black, casting him an accusing glare and tweaking a long finger in his direction. Serious. It's not difficult. Go on, you can do it. Ramus watches as those full lips twitch upwards into another slow-forming smirk, but he resolutely remains silent. Black leans forward on the balls of his feet, eyeing him intently. Remus. He coaxes, almost playfully. Remus continues to scowl at him for a long span of time before he finally rolls his eyes to the ceiling, body slumping a little as he finally relents. At the very least, he figures the quicker they get past whatever this is, the faster he can get to what he really came for. Fine, he says on the breath of a heavy, weighted sigh. Black grins brightly at him again his teeth nearly matching the whiteness of the sofa beside him. Excellent, he chirps. Shall we? He motions a delicate hand toward the remainder of the yacht. Gonna let me show you my boat now? Like I've been hindering it, demands Remus indignantly, but Black only chortles, already walking away, beckoning for Remus to follow like a dog. Remus silently seethes, his hands clenching before releasing. He waves his phone about questioningly as Black reaches the opposite side of the room, pushing a door open and bowing slightly, offering Remus some sort of grand-styled entrance. Mind if I take photos and record what we talk about? Black straightens at the inquiry, his brow furrowing for a moment, mouth turning down into a frown. But then it's gone as quickly as it had formed, something glinting in his eyes as he stares at Remus. No photos of me. I get to flip through everything you've taken before you leave, and I have full rights to delete what I don't approve. He finally concedes. Those are my conditions. If you agree to them, you can do whatever you want. Remus mulls it over in his head for a moment as the other man continues to stare at him, leaning his back against the frame of the door, waiting patiently. The bastard has the audacity to look almost smug. Remus finally sighs, clicking around on his phone for a few seconds before holding it up showing Black the recording app that's now active. Fair enough, he agrees, and Black grins, motioning to the door again. After you, he says grandly. Remus steals his resolve and finally makes his way across the room, passing by Black and his still grinning face to the rest of the boat. The other man leads him to the galley first, showing him around the room that is, considering they're on a boat in the middle of the water, far too large. Everything shines and nearly sparkles around them, real marble countertops swirled with stunning streaks of black and hints of red pristine. Are these all new appliances, black, or have they been here for a while? Asks Remus, pretending to fawn, though he knows there's a hint of reprove in his voice. Brand new, answers Black. And you did it again. He fixes Remus with an unamused sort of look, and Remus stares back at him, not comprehending. Serious he says emphatically, leaning forward a little, eyebrows lifting high until they're disappearing under his sleek black fringe. 
Remus rolls his eyes. He thinks they might fall from his head soon if he keeps it up. You're honestly sticking to that. He grumbles in exasperation. Yes. Black isn't moving, standing ramrod straight in front of him, expression unyielding, eyes having hardened just enough to matter and make Remus hesitate on his coming bar. Oh, all right. Serious. He states clearly, and Black, no serious, looks far too pleased for his liking as the other man instantly relaxes to his earlier slouched posture of easy grace. What about the countertops? It's all new. Completely redone. Most everything you'll see is. Some things were salvaged in the remodel, refurbished, but most were tossed and I started over from scratch. Remus glances over the galley, taking in the expensive layout and design. His skin prickles again, anger slowly beginning to seethe beneath his surface. Sirius leads him through the cramped hallways lined with the same dark wood as the main room off the stern, downstairs, opens a few hatches. The yacht is massive, holding several luxurious bedrooms within its cabin, the control room and helm state of the art. The entire boat is lavish and decadent, opulent and extravagant. Remus can't even imagine the amount of money it must have cost to design it, all clearly to Sirius's specifications. The longer they move about the interior of the boat, the quieter Remus becomes, biting his tongue hard, hands shoved deeply within the pockets of his trousers, fingers clenching. Sirius seems to notice after a while that Remus is no longer asking questions, and he wraps the tur up before they're strictly finished, moving them back to the main room at the stern. He pours a glass of dark liquid behind the bar, withdrawing one of Remus's hands from his pocket before he can protest, shoving the tumbler into his fingers. Sirius has lost some of the charismatic demeanor he'd held before, staying silent as well now as he moves about, preparing his own drink, carrying his glass and the bottle over to one of the chairs and dropping down without ceremony. He plunks the bottle on the matte black table beside him, knees spreading wide as he settles, leaning back into the support of the cushions, studying Remus ineffably. All right, he says eventually, elbow propping on the plush arm of the chair, creating a softly sloping dent as he lifts his glass, his eyes sliding away to gaze at the dark liquid within, hints of honey tones Remus can see now in the lights that have come on automatically with the setting of the sun. Let's have it then. Have what? Remus's words are clipped, short, his jaw feeling locked still trying to keep most of it held back. Sirius looks at him again, gaze intense, expression void of all emotion. Whatever you're thinking, and have been thinking for the past half hour, he levels. I can see it swirling in your eyes. They look a bit like this. Sirius jostles his tumbler as indication, setting the liquid inside to sloshing. Dark and brooding. Crisp. I don't think you like me much, though I can't fathom why. You don't even know me. But let's hear it. Get it out. Go on. I'm a flutter with curiosity. Remus tries, he really does. He keeps a firm bite held on his tongue, but Sirius just keeps staring at him with those gray eyes, the beginning of storm clouds just forming at the edge of a pale blue sky, insistent, coaxing, probing. They work it out of him with barely any effort at all until Remus thinks Sirius Black has some sort of mystical power unknown and unspoken to common men or that possibly he hadn't wanted to withhold it that much to begin with. You're arrogant. He pushes forth, timid at first, but soon it's all tumbling out of his mouth without a second thought. 
You're privileged, born with a silver spoon tailor fitted to your tongue, made to believe you rule the world, control it. You take what you want and give nothing in return, sitting on your throne and looking down at the rest of us. The structured world is crumbling, people living in less than poverty, starving. The planet is dying around us everywhere we look, yet here you sit on this ridiculous excuse for a boat that's closer compared to a floating mansion while everyone that surrounds you suffers for what you and others like you have left behind. Look at this place. Everything is new and shining. You've had the entire thing redone, you said so yourself, but even if you hadn't, it's clear enough to see to even someone who isn't paying attention. The massive fortune you've drained into this thing is something I can't even comprehend, and for what? For a showy, impressive yacht filled with luxury and nothing else. It's all so pointless and fucked. What you could have done with that money? The people you could have helped, made their lives better. The things you could have changed in this miserable excuse for a world. But instead, you sit back and use it all for your own purposes, getting what you want, pretending no one else matters more than your own desires. Sirius's face has remained mostly blank, one eyebrow arched a little, slight pulled to one corner of his mouth, but otherwise not showing any telling emotions. But during the last piece of Remus's rant, his expression shifts, morphs into something bemused, a little hard around the edges. His brow furrows, lips pulling into a tight line, eyes mildly narrowed, creases forming in their corners, but he doesn't seem angry or enraged. Instead, he appears bemused, a little curious, like he's puzzling something out that won't quite connect for him. Yet, as quickly as the look forms, it alters again. His features smooth back out, an odd glint of light reflecting from his focused eyes, his mouth quirking upwards faintly, just enough to show. Sirius looks humored, amusement shining clearly from under his artfully tousled black hair. Hmm, <clears throat> is the only sound he makes, a small hum eyes creasing again as he stares up at Remus, who is panting a little from his uninhibited rage. All right, then, he finally says, dropping his glass with a loud, echoing clink to the glass top of the table as he relaxes deeper into the chair. So show me. Remus frowns, confusion reigning strongly. What? Sirius's eyes sweep him again before he leans forward over his legs, pale forearms resting across well-defined thighs. Remus does his best not to stare, focusing instead on the face peering up at him with some sort of odd, challenging determination. You say I'm arrogant, probably think I'm some entitled rich boy who's never worked a day in his life. Right? Sirius pauses, smirk spreading wide over his face, marking a slow path. He doesn't wait for an answer. I'm controlling of things I have no discernible right to control. I take and never give while I watch the world burn. That's essentially how you see me, correct? He stops again, this time waiting until Remus offers a small, wary nod in return. Sirius looks suddenly predatory. So, show me. Show me how not to control, how to give. He stands then, movements still as graceful as they have been from the beginning. He walks forward until there are only a few steps remaining between them. Make me submit. Remus's mouth gapes open before he can stop it. You can't be serious, he mutters. Sirius arches one dark eyebrow cunningly, and Remus scowls at him. Is this some sort of game to you? You lure people here, get them to put you down, and then you get off on it. No, says Sirius easily with a casual half-shrug, 
taking another step forward, shortening the divide between them, eyes slowly darkening and still fixed. But I find fun where I can. It's a boring life, being me sometimes. I have to keep it interesting however I can. Sirius walks forward again, closing the distance, and suddenly there's barely any space at all left between them, Remus feeling the overwhelming heat radiating from the other man's body. His heart pounds in his chest, blood rushing at a colossal volume through his ears. His palms are beginning to sweat, fingers slipping over the glass. Sirius's smirk broadens as he takes him in, gaze slipping down as he removes the tumbler from Remus's weakening grip, setting it aside. So, here's how this is going to work if you decide to. Partake. He nearly purrs, his own hand winding into the fabric of Remus's shirt, pulling him a touch closer, and Remus's breath hitches. Sirius's eyes flicker with something, looking hungry, expectant. Blanket permission for all. You do what you want. And if it gets to be too much for either of us, we say. Tortuga. The pause is longer, drawn out, the words slow to come, Sirius's mouth stretching into a mocking grin. Remus fights to keep any sort of sense about him, his wits leeching from his ears with every husky syllable spoken, breath ghosting over his face, hot and too close to resist. The sense of rich spices, dark whiskey, and for some reason, damp leather wafts through his nose, and Remus finds himself leaning into it, pulling another deep, satisfied hum from the other man. There's a hand drifting around his waist now, fingers slipping past the line of his shirt, grazing skin, sending bursts of searing electricity racing through Remus's nerve endings. A small, moderately choked sound emerges from the back of his throat. Sirius's eyes dance knowingly as he looks up at him. Does that sound doable, Remus? He questions, almost coyly, and that's all it takes, the shape of his name falling between those taunting lips. Remus reaches up, hand going to the back of Sirius's head, fingers twining into soft, thick hair with purpose. He yanks back sharply, a hiss of startled breath pulling between Sirius's teeth at the action, but Remus doesn't release his hold, and the other man doesn't ask. His head drops, ducking down, mouth finding the skin of an elongated neck, arched forward and exposed like an offering feast. He sucks a hard, bruising mark into the flesh there, biting in to reinforce it. Insistent hands paw at the fabric covering his back and Remus lets them bunch it up in gripping fingers, pulling and tugging until it's over his head. He shifts back enough for its removal, his own fingers searching out skin beneath the plain gray shirt as his mouth reattaches itself to flesh, moving over it, marking pathways, creating a crude version of a Rorschach painting over the pale curvature. Sirius groans under him, the sound rattling through his throat beneath Remus's sucking mouth. His hips jerk forward, one of his hands falling to the waist of Remus's trousers, touch ghosting along its line until they reach the button at the front. Remus jerks hard on the hair still wound within his grip, and Sirius yelps a little, his hand dropping away. Did I say you could do that? He asks, voice already gruff, something that surprises him. Remus's tongue leaves a wide, wet stripe in its wake as he moves it up the length of the other man's neck until he reaches his stubbled chin. Sirius is panting a little as Remus pulls himself straight again and stares down at him. Previously gray eyes now almost entirely swallowed by black watch him, tracking his movements as best he can with his head turned up towards the ceiling. 
Remus continues to stare down at him until Sirius's eyelids flutter, and he almost imperceptibly shakes his head, barely a wiggle in Remus's locking grasp. That's right, I didn't, he says, voice so low that it's nearly a whisper now. So why do you think you're entitled to it? Sirius's gaze meets his as best he can, something challenging glinting in his eyes that Remus returns, not backing down. The longer the stare stretches on, the more Sirius begins to fidget in his hold, eventually attempting to turn his head away. Remus grabs his chin between his thumb and forefinger in a hard grip, jerking his head back around, Sirius's eyes snapping to meet his again. Remus relinquishes his firm hold on Sirius's hair just enough to relieve some of the strain on the other man's neck, Sirius lifting his head back up with the partial release. Remus's fingers stay hooked under the defined chin, but his thumb lifts upwards, pressing to the corner of Sirius's bottom lip and pulling sideways, tracking its path roughly, stretching it out. Sirius emits a noise from the back of his throat at the action, mouth parting automatically. Remus takes the opportunity and pushes his thumb inside, hooking it over the perfect row of bottom teeth, pulling his jaw down further. I wonder, he muses, staring down at Sirius, gray eyes fixed on him, unblinking, his tongue flicking up to run over Remus's thumb, and Remus smiles. If you know how to make good use of this mouth. Sirius only grunts in response, his eyes darkening as Remus watches. His hand clenches tightly again and the hair still wrapped through his fingers, giving it another sharp yank, pulling another noise from the man in front of him as his head is jerked backwards again. Remus removes his thumb and hovers over him. Use your words. Sirius hesitates, Remus watching as he rolls his options around, plucking them all apart. Yes. He finally manages, the word tight and clipped from the strain on his throat. Remus's smile widens as he slackens his grip again, giving the other man more freedom to move. Good boy, he praises, and Sirius's cheeks flush with hot heat. Remus suddenly wants to devour him. He drops his head, covering the other man's lips with his own, tongue licking inside his mouth, searching out the hidden corners, exploring the ridges along the roof. Sirius moaning into it like he has no control. They separate with a sloppy pop, Sirius panting like Remus has stolen all his air away. Show me. Remus releases his grip in his hair and pushes at his shoulder, forcing him down to his knees. His fingers snag at the cloth as he goes, pulling the offending shirt over his head, ridding him of it, exposing him to the light of the room and Remus's eyes. Remus hums appreciatively at the muscles that ripple down his back as he kneels and settles, spying a small smirk forming into place again over Sirius's expression. Remus watches with satisfaction as Sirius stares at the groin now in front of him, his hands twitching at his sides but not moving. His gray gaze flickers up and stares at Remus, waiting, still looking far too cocky for Remus's liking, but he lets him have it for now as he shifts closer seeing the other man's chest hitch and shudder at the proximity. Go on, then, he urges, and Sirius's hands are immediately at his waist again, working the button open, the zip down. Fingers latch into the thick material of jeans over Remus's hips, and then he's tugging at them, pants coming as well in a nearly effortless movement. You're far too practiced at that. Have you seen me? Returns Sirius eyes slowly leaving Remus's half-hard cock to look back up at him, his expression smug. 
What man doesn't want me sucking them off? Remus's hand finds Sirius's hair again, giving it a sharp tug, the smugness evaporating as Sirius grunts in mild pain. We're not talking about them, he warns, and the other man's eyes try to drop away, but Remus pulls a little more, making them stay in place, fixed on him. They clearly didn't know what to do with you. Sirius no longer tries to break the eye contact between them, but Remus doesn't release his grip this time as reward, simply pushing Sirius's head forward. But I do, he murmurs, tone almost sweet and loving. Sirius's eyelids flutter. Now let me see how wide that mouth of yours can stretch. The other man releases a low moan in front of him, and then his gaze is dropping as his head lurches forward. Remus isn't sure what he expects, maybe a slow start, for Sirius to be teasing as mild payback for Remus's control he's asserting over him, but it's nowhere near what he gets. Sirius surges over him, heat engulfing Remus as he's swallowed down, the other man not stopping until his nose is nestled in the patch of tight curls around the base of Remus's cock. He feels Sirius's throat flex around him with a small gag that he fights against, and Remus's knees feel weak beneath his weight. Fuck. He hisses even as Sirius pulls back, his cheeks hollowing as he sucks. His eyes flicker up to Remus, glittering, dancing wickedly. He shifts back until he almost pulls off, just the head remaining hidden behind his lips. Then there's a tongue teasing over it, flicking across the slit at the top, causing Remus's eyes to roll back in his head, a small inhale of breath making itself known as the sensation overwhelms him. Sirius's head bobs back and forth after that, taking Remus in repeatedly, the hand in his hair following his motions as Remus watches him greedily until he pulls Sirius completely off, the man breathing heavily as he looks up again in curious question. Not good? he asks, a knowing smirk spreading over his now swollen lips. Remus doesn't return it. Trip, he orders, the expression on Sirius's face falling away as quickly as it had formed. Remus gazes down at him as his fingers work over the band of his jeans, so tight they look as though they're painted in place. He opens them easily, working them down his hips. When he begins to push himself up to stand, Remus holds him down. I didn't tell you to get up. Sirius's eyes narrow as he glares up at him petulantly, but he shifts around on the floor, pulling off the two tight trousers with a series of complicated movements that leaves him teetering at times only Remus's hold on his head keeping him upright and stable. Remus watches him silently until Sirius is naked beneath him, hard shaft bobbing between his legs, leaking profusely. I'll give you this, says Remus softly, gaze sweeping down his body in admiration as Sirius continues to stare up at him, breathing still heavy. For someone who's used to getting what he wants, you're incredibly good at following commands. Sirius's entire body shudders at the words, and Remus smiles ruthlessly, nudging his head forward again. Back to work, then. Sirius leans in again, his eyes not leaving Remus this time as he swallows him back down with a hum of sound, causing Remus's fingers to clench. The man laughs around him and Remus locks his knees beneath him as the vibrations chase thrilling chills up his spine. Just before heat and lust wash his remaining brain cells away, Remus looks down at the other man to find him practically grinning, lips stretched wide around Remus's cock, their corners hooking upwards just enough to be telling. There's something impish in his gaze, 
that challenging light having returned, jesting, taunting as he meets Remus's eyes even as he makes valiant attempts to suck Remus's insides out into his mouth. Remus tightens his hold on the hair in his fingers, forcing the other man's movements to halt. Remus leans over him just a little, hovering, Sirius's eyes tracking him. Work yourself out while you're down there, orders Remus. I want to see the faces you make while you stretch yourself wide enough to take me. Sirius groans around him, eyes rolling a little in his head, but as he goes to release Remus, fingers hold his head in place. Did I miss the part where I told you to stop while you did it? Sirius glares up at him, still held in place, unable to move, looking petulant, harsh, scornful words burning through his eyes, tightening his jaw. I didn't think so, Han. Remus holds his own out, waiting for Sirius to reluctantly lift his and drop it into Remus's ready palm. When he does, Remus urges his hips forward, pressing deeper into the other man's mouth, causing his eyes to widen a little in surprise before they come again as Remus grips around Sirius's first three fingers, tugging his hand and arm up roughly. He sucks the digits into his mouth with an insistent drag of his tongue and lips. Sirius snuffing out a breath of air beneath him as his head slowly begins to bob again, clearly distracted by what Remus is doing. Remus removes the fingers once they're slathered with saliva and drops Sirius's hand from his grip, casting him a pointed look. He watches as Sirius slowly reaches behind himself, his breathing increasing in rhythm as he teases over his entrance before pushing one finger inside himself. Remus cranes his head forward to see, his hips moving in slow motions, matching Sirius's mouth as it continues to work over him, the other man's cock kicking hard between his legs as his eyes fall closed. It's not long before a second finger is disappearing from sight and Remus groans as Sirius moans, his body pushing down against the probing digits, searching, grinding, sharp breaths escaping through his nose. Remus suddenly stops the movements of his head, gray eyes snapping open, meeting Remus's. Hold still, he tells him, and Sirius huffs around him, his jaw relaxing, like he knows. Remus grins, and then he's pressing his hips forward, slowly at first but picking up speed as he thrusts in and out, filling the other man's mouth repeatedly, ramming back into his throat that takes him easily. He feels Sirius's gag reflex react, choking him a little, but Remus ignores it, pleasure licking at his veins like tickling flames. His own head falls back before he forces it up again, watching as Sirius continues to work himself open with long fingers, watching as saliva leaks from the corners of his mouth, mixing with other fluids, glistening and streaks down his chin as it falls. He pushes a third finger in and then he's rocking avidly, small, desperate sounds rattling through him as he reaches back to grip one side of Remus's arse. Remus increases his pace as Sirius's eyes begin to water tears forming in the corners of his eyes before spilling, creating tracks over his cheeks as they slide down his skin. He seems almost frantic now, fingers delving deep as his throat takes Remus's cock over and over again until Remus finally stops, retracting himself a little. He tugs on Sirius's hair, making certain his attention is focused where it should be. Can't get there, can you? asks Remus roguishly, voice quiet, nearly a whisper. Almost, but just not quite. He pushes his hips forward a little as Sirius jerks over his fingers, pulling a half-moan, half-whimper from the other man. There, pity. 
Sirius groans around him as he forces himself back in deep, fucking into his mouth like the waiting hole it is. After a few fantastic thrusts, he buries himself in Sirius's throat, the other man's nose pressing into his skin. He holds himself there, Sirius's fingers digging into the skin of his arse, clawing desperately, but Remus doesn't relent, his body shuddering. Tears spill freely down his face now, small rivulets that glitter over pale flesh, pulling half of Remus's focus. When Sirius taps insistently against his hip, Remus pulls back, removing himself from Sirius's gaping mouth completely. The other man gasps harshly as he's allowed to breathe again, chest heaving, and Remus watches him, gauging his state. His face is wet, tear-stained, his lips swollen and nearly red, a mess of themselves, covered with drying spit and Remus's own lingering additions. All right, he questions. His thumb sweeps over Sirius's bottom lip, swiping through the evidence of their actions. Sirius looks up at him and nods, still panting and breathless even as his mouth quirks up at one corner. Good, because I'm not finished with you yet. He waits for the flash of challenge he now expects to take over Sirius's eyes before his fingers latch down in his hair again, and he shoves himself back into his waiting mouth. Remus doesn't let up even as Sirius gags and chokes, only waiting for that tap again to indicate something isn't right, but it never comes. It's only belatedly that he notices Sirius's fingers have still behind himself, and Remus fucks into him more forcefully. You're meant to be doing something else, or have you forgotten? Sirius grunts as best he can, but the sound devolves into a long moan as his fingers begin stretching himself again, diving in and out. Good boy, compliments Remus in obvious amusement, and Sirius huffs a little, though it doesn't linger. Remus keeps thrusting in as the heat begins to coil in his center. Sparks lace through him every time he collides with the back of Sirius's throat, the man swallowing around him on instinct periodically. Remus's head falls back and he doesn't force it back up, his fingers digging into the other man's scalp as it rises and then crests, Remus spilling into Sirius's waiting mouth with a small, ragged gasp of sound. His grip falls lax as his hips stutter, and then come to a halt. Sirius takes his opportunity after swallowing what he's been given, pushing forward, cheeks hollowing again, tongue lapping as he licks Remus clean before pulling off with a resounding pop. They both pant together for different reasons, Remus leaning heavily against the wall behind him, Sirius still on his knees, fingers working into himself. Remus finds himself transfixed. Fucking hell, rasps Sirius after a span of silence his voice nearly wrecked, harsh and filled with gravel. There's a shakiness around its edges, highlighting his body's betrayal to the pleasure he's supplying himself. You don't hold back, do you? Remus reaches down and hooks his fingers back into Sirius's hair, jerking him up to his feet. The other man hisses, his own hand dropping away with the movement. Remus shifts to the side and then he's pushing Sirius against the wall, head twisted, cheek flattened over dark wood. Aw, oh, fuck. He grunts out at the action, breath leaving his lungs with gust of sound when his chest collides. Remus leans in close, tongue swiping up the side of Sirius's neck until he reaches his ear, licking away the subtle salt from the sweat that's formed over him like a thin film. No, I don't. He growls, then he's shoving three fingers into Sirius's mouth without preamble. Suck. He orders. Sirius groans, 
his hips canting backwards, but he does as he's told, the pressure around the digits almost instantaneous. Remus drops the hand from his black hair and lets his fingers slide down the back of the man's neck, grazing over the line of his spine, goose flesh erupting as the body pinned under him shivers. Remus removes his fingers after a minute or so, a thick string of saliva following them, dropping down over Sirius's chin as it breaks. He immediately drops them and pushes two inside the already stretched entrance, feeling around, making certain he's fine, and then he lets the third digit join the others. Christ! shouts Sirius, his back bowing toward the wall. Remus spreads his fingers wide and Sirius pushes back against them. Fuck, yes. Remus smiles, dropping his head, teeth latching into the skin of the other man's shoulder. Sirius hisses at the contact and the sharp sting of the bite, writhing under Remus. Fingers hook forward, stabbing at the small bundle he finds buried within and then Sirius is crying out, fist beating against the wall. Remus keeps the angle held in place as he withdraws his fingers and then thrusts them back in vigorously, setting a pace, nailing over Sirius's prostate with every movement. As Sirius trembles in front of him from the onslaught, Remus wraps his arm around to his front, hand grabbing around his previously ignored cock. Sirius keens at the touch, hips rocking now, seeking more from both sides. Remus provides him with a few good, slow strokes before his fingers grip around his base and hold firmly. You don't get to come until I say you can. He hisses into the other man's ear, hot breath reverberating back at him as Sirius struggles and nearly whines. You don't always get what you want. Isn't that the point of this? What makes you think I'm going to give it to you so easily? Sirius is panting in front of him, breath fogging up the gleaming wall where his face is still pressed. Remus's fingers continue their assault inside him and Sirius stutters out nonsense words at every rough thrust. His hands are shaking as he searches for something to cling to, eventually reaching back and grabbing at Remus's hip, pulling them together, Remus's returning erection pressing into the soft, pliant skin of his arse. Fuck, please. He breathes, hips rocking backwards with more force. Please, please what? Sirius grinds back against him but doesn't speak again, and Remus grins, a wolfish thing that's reflected back in a distorted way through the shine of the wall. You've got to use your words or how am I ever going to know what you're asking for so nicely? Sirius huffs, grunts in frustration, clearly biting the inside of his cheek. Remus slams his fingers in again, and he can see the other man's resolve crumble. His head tips forward as a sharp moan escapes him, forehead pressing to the wood. Fuck me, he says, a wisp of a thing emerging from between his parted teeth. Remus releases the grip he has around Sirius's cock and reaches up, fingers threading back into hair with gentle movements. Once they're situated, he gives the strands a hard yank, jerking Sirius's head back again, arching his neck. Sirius cries out at the action, Remus pressing his lips to the shell of his ear. Do you think you've earned that? He hisses. Have you worked hard enough for it? Sirius nods, a spasmodic motion. What? The time you spent on your knees. You barely did a thing. I did most of the work there. Your choice. Utters Sirius, and Remus's hand pulls harder, his fingers stabbing again, pulling another ragged moan from the other man's throat. Remus watching the way it moves. Fuck. You're right. This is all my choice, isn't it? 
he murmurs, tone sweetening. His hand leaves Sirius's hair and wraps around to his neck, fingers and thumb digging into either side, just beneath the hinges of his jaw. Sirius gasps. Every single action. So, tell me, then, why should I give you what you want? Sirius's chest is still working violently, his body pressing back against Remus's fingers. I've been good. He manages to breathe through Remus's hold on his throat. Remus smiles, turning Sirius's head with force until he can seal their mouths together, tongue pushing in. Sirius moans into his mouth, his own tongue following the dance, another hiss escaping him when Remus's teeth sink into his lower lip as he retreats. So you have, he admits, and then he's releasing him with a half-shove, his other hand slipping away, leaving him empty. Remus grips at Sirius's arms and turns him, pushing him toward the nearest sofa. Over there, bend over the back. The dark-headed man hastens to obey, his steps a little wobbly when Remus releases his hold. Sirius positions himself over the back of the pristinely white sofa, hands planted into the cushions, and Remus takes a moment to admire him, stroking slowly along his already achingly hard cock. You shouldn't be allowed to exist he hears himself admit. Sirius lifts his head and turns it just enough to smirk at Remus over the white fabric. Got stuff stashed around here. Behind the bar. Comes the horse reply. Middle shelf, left side. There's a red box. Remus hums in acknowledgement. Day put, he says as he wanders away. He searches behind the bar, locating the box easily, a dull wooden thing with cracking and chipped paint. Remus removes the bottle of lube and a condom packet, ripping into it with his teeth on his way back, rolling it over himself as he comes up behind the other man again. He cracks the bottle open and drips some over Sirius and then himself, slicking his fingers with what's settled on the other man's skin as he coats his shaft in the stuff with his free hand. Remus wastes no time pushing his fingers back in, glazing the way with the substance before removing them again. Sirius presses back, Searching them out as Remus lines himself up and then slips inside with one smooth thrust, not stopping until he's sheathed fully to his base. The other man's fingers claw into the plush fabric under his hands, a gasp of sound leaving him at the sudden intrusion. Remus forces himself to sit still as long as he can, telling himself not to move, that he doesn't actually want to harm the man beneath him no matter how much everything inside him is screaming to get on with it already. It's only when Sirius's hips shift against him that Remus relents, drawing back, almost out, and then he's surging forward again. He doesn't stop after that, driving in, hitting hard, the other man's body jolting with the force of every forceful thrust. Remus slows his pace after a while, glancing down. His foot lifts and nudges at one of Sirius's ankles, forcing him to widen his stance, spread his legs open more. Remus grips at his hip, pulling them back altering the angle, and then he's pounding in again, Sirius a constant stream of curses and praises and foul words beneath him. Remus bends forward, hand reaching up again, fingers twining back into hair. He pulls, Sirius coming with the urgings, having no choice in the matter, lifting from the back of the sofa until his back is pressed firmly against Remus's chest. He keeps tugging until Sirius's head is angled back beside his own, Remus's cheek resting against his ear. Look at you, he whispers roughly, voice barely sounding like itself now, just a tattered shred of itself. 
so pliant and generous. You think you deserve this, don't you, what I'm giving you? This pleasure, that non-stop grind against your most sensitive spot. You're writhing for it, begging for more. I bet you're aching for me to take control of that swollen cock of yours. Give it to you good, make certain you can't even walk for two days after this. Remus runs his mouth along the line of Sirius's jaw as the other man's mouth gapes open. All sounds from him gone silent now, washed away with the ecstasy that's taken over his face. Slapping skin echoes in the oversized room around them, barreling back to them off the rich, dark walls. But here's my question, continues Remus gruffly, teeth raking over bone. If you can be this giving here, like this, why not out there, with the rest of the world? Why hoard it all away? Sirius's eyes shift to him, his mouth finally closing enough for him to swallow, the knot of his throat bobbing violently with the motion. Maybe I'm saving it for people like you that I know will take it, he offers, his own voice still rasping. Remus reaches up with the hand not still latched in his hair, fingers gripping roughly over his jaw. Or maybe you're just selfish. He spits out, and then his pace is increasing to near violence, ramming into Sirius hard, without restraint. Sirius's body shakes with it, his mouth falling back open. His fingers scrabble and claw at the skin of Remus's arm, looking for purchase, for something to hold on to. Yes, yes, fuck. There. He manages to choke out between harsh, gasping breaths. Fucking there. Christ and the donkeys, right, fuck. There. Remus can tell he's close, the clenching beginning around him the only proof he needs. His own orgasm is swelling again, flooding high, threatening to break the banks and ravage everything. Remus lets his hand drop, wraps it around the violently twitching cock that's been mostly neglected, and Sirius releases a strangled cry as he's stroked with deft fingers. It only takes a few sure swipes, a couple twists of his wrist, the graze of his thumb over a sensitive head, and Sirius is coming over his fingers, painting the back of the sofa with his release. It nearly blends in perfectly, Remus notices. As he tightens down around Remus's cock, he keeps powering through it, letting the muscles milk him of his orgasm. Remus sucks a mark into the skin of Sirius's shoulders as he stutters through his own release. Remus relinquishes his grasp once he's finished and slips out, Sirius wavering a bit in front of him. Think I'm just going to, yeah, says the other man before he slowly drops to the floor. Remus thinks that looks pretty good, so he follows him, sprawling out beside him as they both pant to the elegant ceiling above. Well, says Sirius after a long stretch of silence, his voice still thoroughly wrecked. That was fun. You planned this, accuses Remus even though he can't find the ire he knows he should feel. No, actually, responds Sirius easily, shifting a little beside Remus. I didn't. Remus turns his head to glare at him, and Sirius lifts his hands in the air as though surrendering. I hoped, but where's the harm in that? It's not like I was going to force you to it, and I didn't. I never anticipated your thorough disgust of me, though. That was a bit shocking. And useful. Remus scowls at him darkly. Useful, he snaps scornfully. Me fucking you into submission, which I'm not stupid enough to believe was anything more than some twisted kink for you, was useful. Where do you get off? Here, apparently. With you. Sirius angles a wicked grin in his direction, 
ignoring the rage using from Remus's pores. All right, look, you're fit, yeah? Can't blame a bloke for thinking about it. But I'd given up before we even started the tour. That's all I was after at that point. Let you ask your questions, take a look around, and then send you off to write it out, give this thing some good publicity. But then I figured it out. Figured what out? You didn't know. You lied to me. Comes the ready response. But there's no anger in his expression or words, only a large amount of amusement. When Sirius sees Remus's wary frown, he merely beams. This isn't my boat. What? Cries Remus, panic flooding him as he lurches up, eyes darting around frantically, looking for signs they've been found out, that the owners are searching for their stolen yacht. What do you mean this isn't your boat? Whoa, okay, hold on, says Sirius, sitting up as well and flapping his hands around as though he's trying to calm Remus down, something that only increases his frenzy as his head jerks around, seeking his clothing. Sirius' hands grip over his arm, fingers squeezing gently, pulling Remus's focus back to him. Sorry, I should have phrased that differently. It is my yacht. I do own it. It just won't be mine for much longer, and I've never really cared much for it. Remus frowns at him, shaking his head, still feeling a bit frantic. I don't understand. What are you talking about? Sirius sighs, running fingers back through his knotted mess of hair. I found this thing for cheap, next to nothing, at least for a yacht this size, a few years ago, so I bought it. It was a hovel, not worth much of anything. So I gutted the thing and redid it, made it better. I did most of it myself, so I saved on hiring anyone and having that added expenditure, but that's also why it took so long. But now that it's finished, I'm going to sell it. I'll pull in at least five times what I put into it. And it's all going to charity. Not one cent of it is coming back to me, because why should it? I don't need it. Remus can only gape and Sirius throws his head back in a barking lap. The name, Wendy, is for a little girl who told me several years ago that I should buy something really fantastic, like a spaceship and divide it up into pieces to give to every kid in the world that doesn't have the things they need. So, that's what I'm doing. Minus the spaceship, but yacht's pretty close. I thought that's why you were coming here. Sirius continues to explain, eyes sweeping over a stunned Remus, features still filled heavily with amusement. Figured you'd heard about it somehow and wanted to do a story on the boat, get some photos to broadcast out, garner more interest. Remus is still shaking his head utterly speechless until he finally gets his mouth to work again. I'm sorry, he says sincerely. I pegged you completely wrong. Sirius hums, glancing around the room. Amazing what you learn about people when you actually talk to them, isn't it? Or, well, he amends, glancing back at Remus with a smirk. Fuck them into submission. His head falls to the side teasingly, eyebrows bouncing up and down on his forehead. Remus groans and bends forward, pressing his face into his hands. I'm an idiot, he mumbles, the words muffled. No, you're not, denies Sirius easily. You've just got some preconceived notions. Which is fine, everyone does, don't they? I'm only too happy to break one of them for you. I also think my phone is still recording, adds Remus, and Sirius's head jerks up. Oh, that's interesting. I'll need you to delete all of that before you leave, he says, and he's grinning brilliantly again. After you send me a copy, that is. I'll be replaying this. Just your voice alone will get me off again. Remus turns to look at him, his eyebrows arching, 
and Sirius leans his weight back on his hands, grins slipping away slowly. Unless you'd like to do this again, maybe even on a semi-frequent basis, I'll still use the recording, of course. How can I resist that? You're mad, remarks Remus calmly. Raving. Yes. And? Remus snorts, but a thought suddenly occurs to him, and he eyes Sirius for a moment before asking. Do you know James Potter? Sirius's eyes light up. Potter. Course I do. He's a good bloke. We cause hell at those rubbish dinners I'm forced to attend. His wife pretends to hate it, but I think she secretly likes me. I've ran into him for years now. Why? Know him well? I do, yeah, says Remus, his eyes raking over Sirius's elongated body again. Sirius smirks knowingly. And I'm going to murder him first chance I get once I leave here, but first. Remus rolls and presses himself over top of Sirius, the other man humming encouragingly. Their conversation lapses for a while. Benite. Thanks for listening to this text-to-speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.